0: Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details.
1: Let Safeway help you unleash your globe with your favorite personal care products. Right now with Safeway, get great deals on all your favorite personal care products, like Head & Shoulders Base Shampoo, Pressed 3D Whitening Toothpaste, Listerine Antiseptic Mouthwash, Sensodyne Sensitivity Fresh Toothpaste, Degree Women Antiperspirant Deodorant, or Soft Soap Liquid Hand Soap. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local Safeway store for more deals and specific details. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Come on, girls. Let's go shopping. That's not a
0: knife. This is a knife.
1: What are you looking
0: at? Rolling in a bull, you're You're mad,
1: you're barking. Far around you. Far around you. Word to Christ Liz, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Walk What. G'day and welcome to The Curb. My name's Andrew Pearce and this is the podcast that's all about culture, unity, reviews and banter. This podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajuk people of Perth region and pay respects to their elders both past, present and emerging. On this episode, I sit down with the director of the documentary that's coming out this week, 2040, Damon Gamo. He previously did a film which you've likely seen, uh, which is called That Sugar Film. It was a really, really uh, transformational film in a lot of ways for a lot of people in forcing them to reassess the role of sugar in their lives. And with this new documentary, 2040, he intends to help enlighten people about what we can do to help combat this climate emergency that we're in. The documentary uses the term climate change, but just as the Guardian recently did, where they changed their uh, their writing format and their uh, the way that they talk about this climate emergency that we're in. I refuse to call it climate change from now on. It's a climate emergency. It's been declared a climate emergency. Even uh, the United Kingdom has uh, declared a climate emergency, even if Australia and the United States haven't. Uh, if you didn't see, The Guardian basically sent out a letter to their their writers basically saying, uh, look, we're updating our... Um, the way that we talk about climate change and one of the things that they're doing as i mentioned is that they're, they're talking about it as a climate emergency and they're also changing people who say they don't believe in climate change to climate emergency deniers and that's pretty important well this documentary is also really important i absolutely loved it it's uh, you know As I mentioned in this interview with Damon, I compare it to An Inconvenient Truth, which came out, you know, over 10 years ago and made a huge impact at the time, but not enough of an impact. And that particular documentary was very alarmist, and it should be, you know, this this is a climate emergency that we're in. But maybe when discussing a climate emergency, we need to talk about it in a way that is constructive maybe that will get people interested involved i had mentioned to him as well and i can't remember if it was before or after recording but i would mentioned to him that you know i really wish that this particular documentary had come out like a week before the election in australia we've just had an election and unfortunately well not unfortunately that's a very uh, uh slight term but devastatingly we have Australia as a whole has decided to elect the Liberal National Party back in for another term. Why? I do not know. I have no idea. This is something that we will be asking ourselves for a long time, and it's something which I need a little bit of soul-searching for myself to deal with. Uh, I was quite devastated yesterday, as, as many people around Australia were. We had hoped that there was a positive future, and that positive future is gone, and it's really frustrating and upsetting uh and maybe a documentary like 2040 will help real people realize what the emergency is that we're in uh you know and talking to dame about this uh, you know there is this great feeling that this particular film is something that is changing his life in the sense that you know he assesses the role of, of a filmmaker going flying all around the world using these fossil fuel consuming things like, you know, jets and stuff like that uh, to go and document all of these different areas around the world and recognizes his footprint on the world and puts it in a relation to his daughter. And that's where the title 2040 comes from. His daughter is young now and she will be off an age where she will be making major life decisions in the year 2040. She will be making life decisions about what she is going to do as a person, uh, purchasing a house, who she's, you know, her identity as a person. And this film optimistically looks forward to a future where she has a safe future. She has a positive future and you know scientists have said that we really need to cut back on carbon over the next 12 years to the point where you know we really really need to reduce our emissions if we are going to stay below two degrees lifting in the temperature a global temperature now that's that's a massive thing and it's a very difficult thing for us to actually do on a uh, domestic level you know doing basic things around your house, turning off all the lights of the rooms and things like that. It's a very, very basic thing, and it's not going to stop this climate emergency that we're in. But this documentary suggests some ideas of things that we can do. And one of the things which I absolutely love is the role of women in society, embracing women and putting them, you know, elevating them to the, the point that uh, you know they're actually able to succeed in society that you know the pay gap doesn't exist anymore and and all of these disadvantages that women go through in life uh, trying to erase those and once we erase them then that in itself is a great way of reducing uh, our impact on on the environment look I think this is a really important film uh, and it's an important film in a lot of different ways because you know it's it's kids future it's it's people's futures that are at stake and you know i've got a nephew who come 2040 he will be uh he will be 22 years old and i don't know what the future is going to be like for him i'm not positive and i struggle to stay positive and that in itself is a very hard thing i don't know how to look at the future and feel that we're going to be okay I, I really don't feel that it's going to be the case. Um, and I'm sure that there are many people out there who are feeling exactly the same thing. This documentary is a bit of a, a warm blanket in that regard. I feel that it, it is hopeful in a lot of ways and points to a lot of ways that change can happen outside the, the realm of the government. Whether that's the case or not, I'm not sure. I, I, I do not know. Look, if you're in Australia, when this film opens, which is this weekend, go along and see it and if you have a school student, they can go along and see it for free. Now there is a caveat with that they can go along and see it for free if they can if there is a an adult who is purchasing a ticket to go and see the film so if there is an adult purchasing a ticket to go and see 2040 then a school student can go and see this documentary for free and I believe you should I believe that you very much should go and see it it's important in so many different ways so with that in mind here's a bit of the trailer and be back with the interview with Damon well what would make me happy in the world is... Hmm. I think we should get this invention, which sucks up all of the rubbish in the world and puts it in a intergalactic dimension. Cleaner water? That, that would really make me happy. I'd like to see deforestation being stopped because it's ruining the planet, animals losing their homes...
0: So, what's your
1: 2040? I'll jump sure. in and fantastic. Make sure I'm recording all good. Yeah. So, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, this, I uh, this film. What I really appreciated about it a lot is that it's not just like it's not just like a rehashing of what we've already heard before about. Mm-hmm climate change and stuff like that it's a very personal kind of story in the sense that yes it's about you trying to make sure we've got a better future but it's about you trying to make sure we've got a better future for your daughter so where did this idea to delve into this come from where did what woke you up in the middle of the night
0: <laughs> mm. uh yeah i guess it was um a response to being a parent and being an overwhelmed father about I guess when you really do sit with what's going on, it's it's incredibly confronting. And um, it, it makes sense why people don't engage with it, because it is so overwhelming. And I was that person. I found myself not finishing articles and um, not being able to connect with anything that was talking about environment or climate change, because it was just so constantly negative. And I guess just one day I, I just had a sense that, well, there must be some things we can do about it I'm motivated myself um, by not by anger or fear but by action or what can we do or, or striving towards a goal so I guess I just started reading a couple of things and, and talking to a couple of um, psychologists and it just started to make sense that when we get too much of that information we switch off and, and it paralyzes us and I think that's been the main approach of scientists and the media and Understandably that's what the scientists do, they, their job is to dissect a problem and they do it spectacularly well, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we also need a similar level of forensic investigation on the solutions and what is possible and certainly it's not easy, certainly we have one of the greatest challenges we're ever going to face as a species to pull this off, but I think it's important that people know it can be done, there are things that do exist we are fighting the potential of quite a nihilistic narrative that's emerging at the moment and some people do think we might be doing it as too hard and I think that's very dangerous especially when we deal with our children and what we're we're telling them so I just thought it was important to lob just a different pebble into the pond and say hey maybe there's a different way and hopefully inspire other people to get involved and, and start finding their own solutions and seeing finding their agency to see how they can help.
1: Yeah well I think back like when I watched the documentary the other day I was you know as these sorts of films should leave you i felt inspired afterwards and then i thought back to like an inconvenient truth which is a fine documentary but it's very alarmist in a way in the sense that you know like the world is doomed and all this kind of stuff so i'm curious for you how do you find that positive angle and how do you present it in both a positive and an entertaining angle because it's a very entertaining film
0: yeah, look, that was the greatest challenge of it, I suppose, is that you don't want to um, you don't want to dumb it down. You don't want it by spoon feeding too much, but you also don't want to make light of it and make it trivial. But I think we do. Uh, we are we are so saturated with negativity around not just this topic, but everything. I mean, the, the world is in a tricky place at the moment, and where it's important that that's not all of who we are. We are. Uh, Creative beings, and we are—we do respond well to lightness and and, um, humor. And there's no reason we can't share messages in that same vein. Um, So I guess it's not to say there's a right way to do it. It's not black or white. It's just to say we've got a lot of this other one. So why don't we actually start, you know, seeing if we can engage people through a different technique? And that's all I'm doing. My, I think what I um, enjoy doing the most is trying to break down complex information and try and present it in a way that's accessible to families and whatnot, because I do I do trust humans. I do really love humans, and I feel that once they understand and grasp a concept, they're more inclined to really roll up the sleeves and get going on it. And a lot of people do deeply care about this topic. They just don't know what to do. Yeah. And so <laughs> if you can provide solutions and then a platform for them actually to take action, then who knows what we might achieve. But if that's not in place, then it's very hard. Yeah.
1: When you were doing the the research and the filming for it as well, what was the biggest thing that kind of surprised you and, and mm. made a big change in your life that you went, all right, as soon as I get back home, I need to amend yeah. this one particular thing? Well, it's interesting. At a, at a deep level, it's probably
0: the way I talk about nature with with our daughter that I think um, a big part of the problem is that we've cut ourselves off from nature. We've, the metaphor's changed about it being you know, us being custodians of the land and being deeply connected with it. I think since the scientific revolution, which which has done us great things, it's also created a, a separation of nature that we're here to conquer it and to extract from it and take what we want. So I actually think one of the most important things any of us can do is to teach our children how important it is and how to connect to it and actually give it meaning. Because if you if you give something meaning then you're more inclined to defend it and really go into battle for it. But I think we've we've lost that meaning with nature and that's why we're not as, you know, fighting for it as we probably should be. So that's one aspect. But also, I guess, just to um, the changes I've made, uh, particularly around uh, our own food is a, is a huge one. I think the food industry in um, the way we manufacture and produce our food is just such a massive footprint. So everyone can make that choice in every day of their life. And even in terms of wasting food, That you know, food waste is, you know, the third biggest, if it was a country, it would be the third biggest emitter of greenhouse gases in the world. <laughs> So it's, it's something you can do in your very next meal. Finish everything on your plate. Make sure you don't buy too much at the supermarket. They're the changes that people can make, but also that. I think just for me to, to be more aware of my own agency so that we, food waste and those types of small actions are important but we actually need everyone to step up to another level now. So what can you do at work? What can you do in your community or your school? I think that's the discussion we need to be having and for me it was, well, I make films so I'm going to make a film on this but for anyone else, I think it's, we need to ask ourselves that question is that how can you really get involved? Yeah
1: well I work for the government so I tell you that's a hard thing to get things changing and moving but yeah. it's certainly there are a lot of people who are trying and yeah, pushing right. and, and things like that yeah. and that, that's what I think is you know the the inspirational part of it is that people power the, there are yeah. people out there who are Making minute changes, like on the surface, they're minute changes, like the yeah. you know the people living in India and having mm. that particular aspect. I thought that was really fantastic, phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's stunning. Like, and that's I think what people need. That's where
0: they get inspired. But they think, hang on, this is a so-called third world developing country that's probably twenty years ahead of us in terms of the way they're distributing their energy. That should be inspiring. Like they're they're getting on with it, and so are these regen farmers, and so is the seaweed scientists. There are humans out there that deeply care, and they've found a way in themselves to get on with this and take action and the more we highlight and give attention to those people Mm. instead of you know the, the lunatic ravings of some of our leaders let's stop focusing on that and giving them all this air this is the moment to save our our civilization, and our planet. We need to actually give all our attention to the people that are
1: getting on with that—that that solving those problems. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're in an election cycle at the moment, um, which has been very entertaining in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, but the but one of the things which has frustrated me is that there, you know, people are like journalists asking politicians about climate change and stuff like that. It's not a question of. They're always asked about what their opinion on climate change is no, no, no. rather than why do they not believe in it or right. why, why is there no inaction. Yeah. Um, have you had any interactions with people working for the government work, like as you've been making this film or as you've been rolling it out?
0: Uh, not as yet. I mean, certainly certain uh, discussions in the, in the research phase. Um, and I guess what became really obvious, and especially when making a sugar film as well, is just how many barriers there are to progress in certain areas, I mean like certain regulations that are in place now that really limit some of these things coming through, so the microgrids is a a great example of such a brilliant innovative decentralised technology but it's illegal in Australia, you can't peer to peer share your energy at the moment so we do need to understand that, that these things need to be unlocked and these certain rules of the game need to be addressed if we're going to have this progression that's, you know, I understand there's reticence about the government to do that sometimes but The amount of collusion that there is between some of these large corporations and government and the amount of money they give them, as you know, is a real barrier to progress. And and unless we address that, we're not going to get anywhere. Um, So we've got everything we need, and that's what I wanted people to know, is that all these solutions exist. There's great opportunity. Right, let's have a really grown-up adult conversation about how we're going to unlock this to let these things just rush through and lead us to a better future. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. What's their reaction been at the Q&A screenings as well? Mm. Um, Have there been... like? I know Adriana mentioned that somebody had bought a ticket to go and see Avengers and then end up in the wrong screening is that right?
0: (laughs) that was my my favourite one so far yeah a woman the other night came and she said she came up and bought the book and said I I came to this cinema to see the Avengers and I walked into the wrong cinema and she said I just couldn't leave I just kept learning stuff and thank you so much and look the the Q&A's have been remarkable we've we've had a lot of kids in the room which has been really special and people just feel uh, often a sense of relief and and real hope and optimism that we can do this and that, that was always the intention to get people going yep we are. Humans are incredible and we're creative and we want to solve things. That's what we do. We're just sort of being locked at the moment. We're told that that everyone's out to get us and we've got to build walls and we've got to sort of go insular. Well, that's actually not who we are. We're very good at solving problems. So I just hope the film plays some small role in sparking that again and kickstarting a bit of imagination and dreaming again about what kind of future we do want to inherit. Because if we're not careful... We'll just march on into someone else's version of twenty forty, and we forget that we have the ability to create it right now by yeah. the decisions we make and the conversations we have.
1: Well, the the protests recently by all the the school students yeah. is like so inspirational in in a lot of ways, and it's frustrating as well because they shouldn't have to be doing that, right. but they're taking their future in their own hands. Yeah, and and I just. I applaud them. Like all
0: all power to them. I I think we need to support them and nurture them every way we can, and sort of join them, like hitch a ride on their enthusiasm, and that's what actually take us to the transition. and and We've interviewed a lot of them around the world in Germany as well, and here, and they're not going to stop. And some of these kids, it's you know, they're so even when they talk to you, they're so fired up and passionate and emotional as well. They're scared, all those things but that's what's driving them. It says, this is actually our world we're inheriting. Your actions now are having a significant impact on our future. Mm. We want you to understand that. We want you to care and engage with us. And I think it's our obligation to care and to actually connect with them and say, you're right, you know. It is our duty to usher in a better world and leave this planet in a better state than we found it. And we've failed dismally at that so far. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, it's time we actually stop lambasting them and criticising them <laughs> and actually go on with supporting them and helping them to, to create a better world.
1: Yeah. All the kids that are in the film as well, I love their mm. their views on the future and what they can do and all this kind of stuff. It's really mm. beautiful. Mm. What was it like interviewing them and interacting with them?
0: Oh, that was yeah, it was a magical part of the film. But I've often said that it was it was quite complicated because the, um, you know, there were times I felt very overwhelmed by what they knew already and how you know the things they were talking about at such a young age. I thought. Gee, I didn't know anything about that when I was their age, and, and it's kind of unfair that they, they're having to wrestle with this complexity already. Mm. But then in the, same, in the next moment, I think, gee, once, once they get some power, once they actually get into positions of power, it's quite exciting what they're going to do. Uh, the challenge is to see, you know, we've just got to not inflict too much damage before they get to that position of power. Um, but yeah. You know they're so articulate, they're so eloquent. They know what's going on, and I think we can often, um, you know, dismiss their views or put them aside. But I think in this case, they have an optimism and a simplicity and an authenticity that we're not getting from our leaders. Yeah. So it might be a time to actually listen to them.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's it's to me it's evidence of uh, like obviously I grew up in an age where the internet wasn't a thing, and then now it is a huge thing. Obviously, it's part of everybody's lives. So seeing this generation that's growing up that has access to all of this information and you see it as well like uh, not to drag in the anti-vaccination movement Mm. but you see it with kids who really want to get vaccinated and they turn to the internet to find out how they can actually do it so it's impressive to see that you know yeah they're taking their future into their own hands and it's inspiring it really is yeah it is that's
0: that's where the hope lies i reckon is um is, is seeing the attitude of those kids and and, and how passionate they are. So, yeah, I, I'm quite excited to watch what they're going to do over the next 10 yeah. years.
1: So this is your life now, essentially. This kind of story is going to be mm. your life and and making sure that this kind of thing... <laughs> goes forward is yeah, that right yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. got to be hard it is, but, <laughs> but I, you, you you know, there's a responsibility as well there is
0: but also it's you know that um I think you know if we are going to reach this better 2040 it's we've got to understand that it's not um about one person anymore it's about all of us finding a way to yeah. come that that centralised voice or power or authority is just it's just gone like and, and this new generation don't want that either they want to own, have ownership themselves and sort of spread and, and share it. and that's what I really hope happens with the film but I um yeah, it, it is the most important um, topic of our era, and I, I can't imagine making anything that doesn't fit with this umbrella moving forward. Because yeah. it's you know what else is there really? Um, there are there are le- levels and other complexities of this story that need to be told. But I think it will all be under an umbrella of trying to reach this sort of similar
1: vision of twenty forty. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the website as well, Yeah. because um, that's that's a key component. Of course, there's the book too, yep. and so you've got this multi pronged yep. kind of uh, field of information. But I'm curious about the website and what that delivers for people who want to plan their own 2040. Well, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was providing people that
0: might feel a real sense of hope and inspiration after the film and how do you make sure that that gets translated into action and doesn't just dissipate uh 10 minutes later like so often happens with a documentary so we work with a group called purpose um, which were uh, they're based in the us and the uk and they did something called crush the midterms for the us elections last year and it was just a series of questions that helped people really nut out what they are passionate about and what they want to vote for in the elections So we've done a similar thing with the climate. They fill out some questions about what they connected with in the film, um, what kind of person they are, are they a foodie, are they a student, how much time do they have available to give to this particular cause. And then it spits them out their own personalized plan of six or seven things based on their preferences that they can do right now. And some of those might include engaging with other people in their community and we'll do a free webinar to teach you how to approach council and sort of almost teach mini activism in a sense. But it might be donating to the first seaweed platform that we're gonna launch off uh, the coast of um, Tasmania. Uh, there's a way to pay farmers to put carbon in the soil, educate a girl You can mentor. So anything that you connect with in the film, there's up to 40 things that you can get involved with straight away. So it's just, again, people wanna do things. I know that. I've met them. Yeah. So this says, well, here you go. There's no excuses now. Get in, get on board and, and, and get involved, and, and here's some things you can do. Yeah.
1: And that, touching on the, the, the girl and women aspect as well, that's one of the things I absolutely loved about mm-hmm. it, of course, is that there's the logical things, you know, helping out farmers, helping yep. out the sea and stuff like that. They're, they're all logical, but then it seems, it is logical, you know, to help women and give them a greater platform. But was that something that you discovered along the oh, way?
0: That, or? that completely took me off guard, that one. That was that was the big surprise is that you know, empowering girls and women full stop is a no-brainer. Like yes. let's do that. What a wonderful thing to do for a host of reasons. But then the fact that you get these cascading benefits of, according to the UN, one point one billion less people by 2050, the impact that's going to have on resource use and thus the climate is just phenomenal. So again, what another wonderful motivating reason to get on with it and actually put our money and invest in that instead of some of these other technologies because they're again like we tried to show in the film cascading benefits to that solution it isn't just a silver bullet there's not one thing it has a ripple effect that benefit communities the way we interact with each other and that was really a big um i guess prerequisite for any solution we we found that it had to have a cascading benefit element to it
1: yeah well it's really it's really empowering and really exciting and you know as i Glad that this film exists, and I'm glad you're out there touring it around at this vital point in Australian yeah. history as well. Like, obviously, it's saying we've got an election coming up, mm. so getting out there and talking with people about yeah. you know this, and it's it's frustrating in the fact that you know we're at an election cycle where two leaders are basically like, you know, yeah, are ho hum, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, and that's
0: why I think you know the best thing that people can do to help us is to. Is to get people to see the film. You know, this is a fir- very first simple step. It, whether it's putting a, a screening on in your community or your school, mm. or in your in your work for your family that might be not understanding this, like here's a film to show you and get you inspired to, yeah. to take action. So that's the very first thing, and, and the fact we've got such support for the cinemas, they're going to put it on a hundred screens around the country. Great. There's no reason or excuse for people not to go and take their kids to see it. So that's you know that's the first step we can do, and then there's a host of actions you can take uh, on that. But at least let's get the conversation going
1: I think as well like for people who saw that sugar film as well like there's that they've already seen like they've implemented changes from that film and they've gone alright you know I see the effects that it helped yeah yeah your uh, your views have yeah I'll pay attention to this one as well I hope so we'll see they might go oh this guy again shut up mate (laughs) Like, no, like, I don't think like, so. Like, no, I think it's a very similar,
0: similar approach and similar style to say, hey, this is a conversation every yeah. family should be having. What can you do as a family? And, and people see in the book, there's like a lift-out poster that says, you know, let your kids read this and get excited about all the great things that are going on. And here's some things you can do. In fact, here's about 60 things you can do as a family, mm. including the foods you eat and, and the meals you cook together and how you deal with your, your waste. And, you know, make it a family conversation.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that's a perfect... Place to end. Good on you, mate. Uh, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Yeah. Uh, so that's director Damon Gamow talking about his documentary 2040, which lands in Australian theatres this week. Again, I highly recommend going to see this film. Take along your parents, take along your brother, take along your sister, take along your kids. Uh, go and see this film and put in a plan for your 2040? What do you want your 2040 future to look like? Hopefully it's a green one. Uh, Hopefully it's a positive one. uh, Because we're not going to get there by ourselves. We have to do this as a united group. And now's the time to do it. We have no time to delay. We have to get there and do it together now. Uh, Again, I'm devastated that you know, Australia as a whole has voted for a backwards change rather than a forwards change, um, but we can still make things happen. We can still try as best as we can to stop the Adani mine from occurring. See how we go. Hey, thanks again for listening. Hey, head over to thecurb.com.au. Follow us on social media: curb uh, thecurbau on Facebook and on Twitter. Apologies for that. Also, patreon.com forward slash the curb AU. Hey, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks again for listening.
0: Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OscastNetwork.com for details